Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Michelle Scott. Yes, we do. It was a great interview. Really fun. Yeah, she had some great things to say. Yeah, she writes um, contemporary fiction and mystery and thriller. So she writes like a lighter, cozy, and then a darker, grittier thriller. And we talked a lot about um, treating your um, author life like a business. And um, then she gave some tips on uh, like branding and marketing mm-hmm. and um she talked about a mistake about yep. a cliffhanger yeah which is yep. always good to know about so. good to know yeah. yeah yeah I think that uh as my writing career, career goes on I do I'm seeing more and more of those little things that maybe I could have done a little differently a di- little mm-hmm. better you know in hindsight mm-hmm. and stuff but you know you live and learn so yeah yeah there are lots of things that I think oh I should mention this on the podcast and they're small things but they're either take up a lot of time or have a big impact. Maybe we should save that as an idea for a future podcast yeah. on like the little mistakes we've made Yes, because, you know, there are things up. That, <laughs> yes, that could be done a lot more efficiently or, you know, maybe just not done at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's leave that one alone. Um, yeah. So what have you been doing this week? Okay. Well, this week was our week to move mm-hmm. and I am like completely exhausted <laughs> And uh, today is Sunday the 20th. So we're actually trying to take today as like a more of a down day because we mm-hmm. have just been going like just so hard. And we we had somebody come move us, you know, move the furniture. But we were like, well, we can take all our clothes over and all our electronics and, you know, it'll all be fine. And, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah, It's yeah. just. It's, it wasn't fine. <laughs> it, it always grows bigger than you think it's going to. And I mean, we are old hands at moving. We've moved like. Mm-hmm. we counted up one time it's over 20 times because he was in the military and my husband was in the military so it's just you know we know how to do it but right. it is never like easy but it didn't rain which we were really happy yeah and, that is good but we did pick the two hottest days hottest of the year days. yes it was so awful hot here it was awful really humid so we worked in the morning and then we went back and we stayed inside for a couple of hours and then we worked in the afternoons again so but anyway we're we're like in, I feel like our life for a couple of days, it just descended into like massive chaos and like, we're kind of emerging. So probably by next week, it'll be better. So no writing was done this week at all. But um, I do have a show that I watched before all the craziness began. Yes, so we can talk about that yeah. in a little bit. If you want to say what, what yeah, you've done. Go ahead. What, which one is it? Okay. It's called, it's on, it's Amazon prime, but it's a special channel. It's the PBS channel, I think. And mm-hmm. it's called mm-hmm. crimes of passion oh. and it's, um, Swedish. So it's, it's subtitled and it's a murder mystery yeah. show each week, you know, but it's very interesting. Cause I watched it right after we had talked about tropes. Mm-hmm. And one of the tropes we talked about was the love triangle in a cozy is often the investigating officer in the sleuth. And well, a lot of times we talk about how that's the, um, the love mm-hmm. subplot. And to me, that's kind of old and it's been done a lot and I kind of know what to expect. And mm-hmm. so it seems kind of boring to me. Yeah. So this one is very interesting. The main character is a young woman and she is interested in 
mysteries and murder. Mm -hmm. And she's getting her advanced degree at a university. And she goes on this vacation on the first episode and she meets a young man and they start falling in love. And of course there's a murder on this Island they're at. And the young man that she falls in love with, his best friend is the commissioner who investigates murders in Sweden. So Mm -hmm. that's the setup. Mm -hmm. And she really loves the man she falls in love with. And they end up getting married throughout the series as it goes on. But there is like an attention and an attraction between her and the commissioner. Mm. And so that's very it was interesting. It kind of flipped it just a little bit because we talked about how you could yeah. change things. So yeah. it was just interesting to watch it right after we had talked about it because I was like, okay, that's mm. something new. I haven't seen this done before. So anyway, it was interesting and I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it was good. I would recommend it. It's not exactly cozy. So if you're into very hallmarky mm-hmm. movies, this is a little more, has a little Grit. more gritty. Grit. Well, more grit. Where are you from, <laughs> Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> so it was good. So that's very what I've been good. doing. Very good. Yeah. What about you? What's been going not on? Not a dang thing. I haven't done anything <laughs> for two weeks because I sent my book off to the developmental editor and the then the next day we left to go on vacation. So we were, we got a beach house with my three kids, my husband, my mother-in-law and our, my six grandchildren, all of us in one house, God help us. Wow. And, um, but it was great. We have just a, a great time. And my son proposed to his girlfriend while we were Yay. there. And that was so great. It was just wonderful that we could all be there together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, and she said, yes, obviously and she said, yes. And, <laughs> You know, the only bad thing is the drive there and back. A, a nine and a yeah. half hour trip turned into a twelve hour, a fifteen yeah. hour trip. So that was terrible. But um, other than that, it was just fantastic. Um, That's great. Yeah, and then yesterday I got my book back from the developmental editor, and you know I've been so worried about this book because it's been written in fits and starts. I mean, it's yeah. just been so hard to like. I was just worried they'd be really choppy. And mm-hmm. she was like, this story is great. Like, you do not have a problem with your story or your arcs or anything. There were a few okay. things she wanted me to look at and suggested some corrections and stuff. But mostly, and, and she's developmental edited my last two books, and she has not spared me um, anything <laughs> on those. She's like, honest, she right? <laughs> yeah, she's honest. So I feel so good about this now. And uh, I... I going to start the edits today and um, they're supposed to be done by July 26th, but I'm trying to get them done the week before because we've got some family stuff going on. But I too have been watching TV and on BritBox, there's a great series. My mother told me about it and I was like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's called in the line of duty and it's great. There are like six seasons and, I just finished the first uh, first three, and they're just so good. And so the story goes all through the season, but it wraps up at the end of the season. Okay. And then, of course, there's this overarching arc that you mm-hmm. keep thinking, what is going on? It's very good. But also, I have been listening to Andy Weir's Hail Mary. Uh-huh. Oh, y'all, I love it. And the thing is, I do not, I am not a science person. Like, I have to stop and consider how many ounces are in a cup. Like I, it's not my thing, 
But for some reason, his books are so great. They just make you feel like you know what they're talking about. And mm-hmm. um, I'm like six chapters from the end. And I'm a little worried that it's not going to turn out the way I want it to turn out. But it's okay. It, the story has been just great. And yeah. I love the narration. Um, so, yeah, if you like sci-fi or you think you might like sci-fi, um, I just... It, it was really good, really good. Uh, his last book, I really, I liked it, but I didn't love it because I didn't love the main character. Mm-hmm. But you really just kind of fall in love with the characters or you hate them, um, as the <laughs> case may be, in this book. So, yeah, I highly yeah. recommend it. Okay. But that's me. Awesome. Like, I'm about to jump in and get all busy. And mm-hmm. so next time I'll have an update on writing. But right now, I'm, yeah. I don't have anything. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to take me probably another week to get everything sorted out and then I'll be back. Yeah. We'll steam, but it's actually been kind of nice not to do anything writing related. I didn't even answer any emails this Mm -hmm. week, which was kind of a nice break, even though I was exhausted at the end of it, but right. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't do much. I checked my ads a few times just to make sure Mm -hmm. um, things weren't out of control. (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, it's been really great. So I will, uh, but, but it's time to get back to work. I mean, like I'm ready to get back. Yeah, yeah that's kind of how I feel too. I'm ready to get back to it. But before we go, we should mention, um, we talked in the group about uh, Daniel Wilcox's Oh, yeah. Book. Yeah, it's out now. It's called Self-Publishing Blueprint. And we both read it and I thought it was great. And it was interesting because it talked about writing the book, getting the book written, as well as the marketing. And yeah. a lot of books only cover like the marketing aspect. Mm-hmm. So, or the only writing the book it's mm-hmm. not both yeah yeah, yeah I th- it was great and um he was our guest what four shows ago five shows yeah. ago. Yeah. so you guys um uh, can check that out and then uh mark dawson's ads for authors course is open now mm-hmm. i believe it, so yeah. yeah i think it's open so i can't really speak to that because i haven't taken it but sarah has yeah and, and yeah. it's really good it's, it covers everything like start out with just facebook ads but now it has facebook and amazon and it's very detailed and very thorough on giving you a good basic, you know, how to get started with ads. So but don't you need to have a little bit of knowledge? I think I'm sure it would help, but yeah. I think you could do use that just to get started with okay. like Facebook ads. It tells you, you know how to set everything up and you know, it, it really goes through, you know, what you need to know to get right. started. Right. So yeah. So, so we'll have a link, a link to both of those. It, it is an affiliate link. Yes. So we, we always want to tell you that. But uh, we'll let you know. Um, yeah. Let us know, actually, if you decide to take it. We, we'd like to hear how the updated version is and stuff. Yeah. Even though Sarah goes in every time there's an update. Looks at should. It. I should go in more often than I do. <laughs> I'm one of those people who's like, oh, yeah, I'd rather write the next book yeah, most of the time. Exactly. So. exactly. All right. Well, so, very well, good. But, yeah. Uh, we have a question this week. We, oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. y'all. I forgot. No, that's okay. Um, we, uh, we did a question of the week a couple of weeks ago, and people were interested and liked replying to it. So this week, the question of the week is, um, what one thing can you do to treat your author business, your author career, like a business? Mm. And that's prompted from some of the things that we talked about with Michelle in the interview. So answer you know, in the group or catch us on social media and let us know. Mm-hmm. And um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, we've had quite a few members uh, join just in the last few w- couple of weeks, and that's always great. It's a, a we love that little group, and if you if you're in the group and you have questions or you want anything, um, you know, want information about something, please reach out and let us know. Um, also, 
I just did a, another giveaway for some consulting yeah. and, um, I chose a winner and the winner was Morgana Bevan. And so we are getting together on Tuesday night and we're going to talk about her book. She's got a release coming up. Uh, she, I think she's got one book out, has her second book coming out in September. So it's all good. I mean, I'm, okay. I'm excited to talk to her. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you guys let us know what you think you can do to make your writing a business. And now we can get on with the show. <laughs> Here we go. Here's Michelle. Well, today we're really excited to have Michelle Scott with us. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. We are so excited you're here. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk to you. I'm pretty excited to be here. I love talking (laughs) writing. We do too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, let me read your bio and then we'll get started. Uh, Michelle Scott is the author of over three dozen books. She writes mysteries as well as gritty thrillers that have you looking over your shoulder. Her books have been on the New York Times, USA Today, Wall Street Journal, and Amazon bestseller list. She also writes thrillers under the pen name A.K. Alexander, and she lives in San Francisco with her family and their many animals. Yes, very good. (laughs) And just before we got on to record, we heard this loud snore, and she said her dog uh, is snoring next to her. So if you hear that, that's what it is. Yes, I love that. Yeah, Yeah. she follows me everywhere. My shadow. I I call her my shadow. Yeah. (laughs) How did you get into writing, Michelle? Uh, I started writing as a kid. Like I always knew there wasn't any time I didn't know I wanted to be a writer. I, um, yeah. And, and I was fortunate that I had both my parents, but my dad really was a big believer in following your dreams and really like uh, instilled that in me. And, you know, I would write short stories on his legal pads and he would, (laughs) he would read it and he'd say, I can remember particularly one time where he read one and he says, you're a writer. Yeah. And that stuck. Mm-hmm. And it, it also kind of led into me in, in my parenting. It's like, you know, if a kid has a dream, you know, like really yeah. help them with that. Right. Like yeah. get like, like help them with it. And he yes. did. He was yeah. up until he passed. He was probably my, my, he was a huge mentor of mine. Oh, that's fantastic. That's what a great fantastic. legacy. That's so beautiful. I love that. And it's kind of unusual because a lot of parents kind of don't, or trying to kind of tamp down, like, well, don't go into writing because you're not going to make any money or, or any of our artistic, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had a little bit of that. Uh, my mom was a little more pragmatic. And <laughs> I, I went off to, to college and she said, I, I know you love your writing, but why don't you uh, look into maybe journalism, which is what I did major in. And yeah. So, you know, um, but I, I never stopped writing stories. I always wanted to write fiction. That's yeah. great. Well, what is your definition of success and has it changed over time? Yeah, you know, I thought about this. I think my definition of success would be when it comes to when it particularly when it comes to my career Mm -hmm. uh, is, first of all, am I internally happy with what I'm doing? Right. And does Mm -hmm. it does it does it provide me with right. Particularly when you're when you're a writer. um, or anything in the in the arts, right? Like, there's no guarantee. I mean, you can go to school to be a lawyer, and you go to school to be a doctor, and you pretty much, you know, you're going to get a paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a passion that you have to really, um, you have to love it because there's just no guarantee that you're going to really. And, and it doesn't mean you're a bad writer, even right? It's just there's right, just right. no guarantee. Right. So for me, 
as I think about that, it's, it, it is about, does this really provide me with happiness? And if I get a paycheck from it, that's, that's even better, right? Cause right. I'm doing paid for something I love that, mm-hmm. that would be actually my definition, getting paid, doing something I love. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, love that. I think that's yeah. perfect. Actually. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we all want to get paid doing something we love to do. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love what you said though, about it doesn't mean you're a bad writer. It just, there's just no guarantees. And, you know, it's, it is just so fickled at times, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, unpredictable. So it is, I've had a real up and down journey with it. And there wasn't though a time when I didn't know, like I I, I was, you know, I knew that writing was always going to be there. Right. So Mm -hmm. even if I hadn't become successful at it, I was always going to write because mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. it, it does provide that for me, you know? Yeah. So but it, it is an up and down journey and it changes through time mm-hmm. and the industry changes on a constant mm-hmm. basis. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. What do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you started? Um, so I wish at the time that I knew that I really needed to run this like a business, right? Mm-hmm. Uh it's you have to because you are accountable to yourself really and yourself only Mm -hmm. and so especially prior to having contracts when you have a contract with a with a traditional house you know you're 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 under their timeline and their schedule so you know the expectation Mm -hmm. so but when you're not or you're indie publishing or you're writing to write it's about really treating it as a business and and I wish I'd known that instead of just being kind of like at first I didn't. And I, I just thought my, my, um, my creativity and my writing talent could, could take me places without having real structure. Now I had structure with the writing, like Mm -hmm. I outlined and I did that kind of thing, but without really having a business type of mindset. Mm -hmm. And, um, once I got that and I really treated it that way, like I, I would have Mondays were what I called marketing Monday And prior to being published, Monday marketing was about sending out uh, query letters to agents. I would go Mm -hmm. through the Herman's Guide. Do you remember the the literary guide to to agents, editors, and publishers, right? I'd go through that that guide. And this is prior to where emails were really correspondence with agents. It wasn't a thing, really. Mm -hmm. You know, it just was starting to be. So Mm -hmm. you, you did snail mail. And man... I would run to the mailbox when I would see the mailman, <laughs> but, right? And then I'm opening up these letters and it's like, sorry, not for us, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, tons of rejection letters, like just tons, dozens mm-hmm. for a couple of, well, more than a couple of years, really, mm-hmm. like a yeah. dozen years. Yeah. I learned it when I, when I gave my first uh, talk at it, I did it, I was a keynote Um because the first book had been out and been pretty successful. And I did a keynote and I was really nervous. I can remember them introducing me as an overnight success. And I, I, <laughs> I corrected that very quickly. So like, yeah, no, overnight, 12 years minimum overnight, in, right? In the making. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's funny. That was great. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned marketing. Um, so what do you wish you'd known about marketing? And do you still do your marketing Mondays? And are they different now? I guess that was one thing I was going to ask you about. So one of the things that I, I, I really wish I knew about marketing is again, really, I tended to be, and I still can be naive 
And I don't want to sound cynical here, but there are people who do prey on writers, just oh, like yeah. at anything, right? Yeah. And so I would meet people at conferences and I, I put money in believing in certain people could do certain things for me. And that wasn't accurate. And what I learned about that was actually, I was far more effective than hiring a publicist, right? I have had a couple of good ones and Mm -hmm. I've had, I've had some good assistants and things like that, but I've also had some not so good ones. And, and so really doing the research, I wish that I had really not just blindly trusted people Mm -hmm. in the industry. And, and they really aren't in the industry because, you know, they're not around anymore for the most yeah. part, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 And as far as still doing market, the way I market now, I do have a great assistant. She helps me a lot with that, but I'm always like getting ideas. And like we said, the industry is always changing. So you just mm-hmm. never know. And you don't really always know what's going to stick. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really difficult now, right? Because you've got you've got Amazon ads and you've got Facebook ads and, and, and those seem to be very effective if you know how to manipulate them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, as a writer, I don't know about you guys. I don't want to take my time to, to, to learn that process these days. Right. I would have been, but I want to write. Mm-hmm, and unfortunately mm-hmm. I now can have somebody who does that, but I do take the the classes. There are classes out there and I, I try to educate myself and I think you can't stop ever educating yourself at this, whether yeah. you're edu- like, I just, I just bought a writer's course the other night. I just wanted to see what is this person <laughs> teaching? How is she teaching it? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, but I, I don't, I love marketing ideas. I love getting ideas and then passing them on to, to her, to Barbie. And then, and then saying, okay, here's my idea. How do you want to facilitate this? Because mm-hmm. this is what I'm thinking. Like, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you if you don't if you don't have the ability to do that, really, I my, the the big key is is education. And like I said, there are some good classes out there. There are some good mm-hmm. workshops mm-hmm. that you can take. But and there's some good books on it. Um, but it's always always trying to stay. What's the new? What what's it? What are they doing now? And. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, again, it's a little bit of luck in this, right? Mm-hmm. Like okay. it, it just, and, it is, and yeah. at the end of the day, the most important thing is having a good book. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. haven't written an interesting, if you, you know, you can market all day long, you can have the best covers, mm-hmm. you can hire the best publicist, you can be great on Instagram or whatever. But if your book isn't the best book that it can be, then, you know, it's, it's just not gonna, yeah. Um, it's not gonna fly. Right. Yeah. Right. What assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career and looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? Well, I think again, I assumed that I could write a good book. I mean, I I don't want to sound egotistical, but I knew I could write a good book. Mm -hmm. I knew it was a good writer. Right. Mm -hmm. And I made the assumption that, well, I've written, I've written these good pieces and it's going to get picked up and I'm going to sell. It's not how it worked. Right. I learned, I was humbled very quickly that I had a lot to learn Mm -hmm. and I had a lot to learn even about the process of writing and being a, being a better writer than what I was. Um, And so it just was an ongoing thing. And so, yeah, that was a big, (laughs) was a big lesson. Yeah. I, you know, more humbled when you get rejection, you know, rejected, 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 and you have to be a little tough skin to stay in this game. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. if you go the traditional 
out. Correct. And, and I think it's like being kind of going back to your last point, but being a good writer for the genre you're writing in, because there are things in the genre you're writing in that those readers love, you know, whatever it is, if it's a thriller, if it's cozy, if it's sci-fi, if it's romance, there are just some things that readers really love. It's their catnip. And so we as authors have to know how to deliver that to them and do it in a new and surprising way, which is hard. (laughs) It is hard. You have to know your audience. You're right. Yes. Because they do have a certain expectation Mm -hmm. and that's key. Knowing your audience is key. I could not go and write a great romance. Now, can I write mystery and thrillers with romantic elements in them? Yes. Mm-hmm. But writing a great romance, like some of these big romance authors, I, it's just not my thing. It's not my forte. Mm-hmm. So I leave it to them. Although I wish it was because they make the most money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm like you. I can't even imagine writing, propelling a plot for like, 250 or 300 pages with just a will they or won't they storyline. It just, I can't do it. But if there's a mystery, a murder, kidnapping, something like that, I'm good. I can do it. (laughs) We're the cynics of the right of of the authors, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Oh, go ahead, Jamie. I was just going to say, we romance writers love love and we can write about it all day long. We love love too, but we really love to murder as well. Just a little bit more. (laughs) We stay on the page, okay? (laughs) Yes, right. That's That's funny. Well, we always like to ask about mistakes and like lessons learned. So have you ever had a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? Um, Gosh, I don't really believe in mistakes. I think that it's your journey when you set out on this journey, like, Mm -hmm. and you have a goal, you may not get there the way you intended, but Mm -hmm. I do think that you, you will get there if you Mm -hmm. keep working at this. I do. Um, So I can't think of anything that was a mistake really per se. Uh, I may have come up with storylines that that I still think are good and that I've published, but the sales don't reflect it, you mm-hmm. know? And so, you know, actually there is, the, the one thing I have really learned is that stay in my lane, mm-hmm. right? So like, yes. like, I, like, like I have ventured out and done some fantasy and some paranormal stuff. They all have mystery in them, but they don't sell in the way that a cozy does for me or a thriller does. Mm-hmm. And so as much as, because I used to kind of spout out, oh, write what you write what you feel you want to write at the time. Just write what you love. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if you also really want to sell, you you stay in your lane. Know what mm-hmm. you're know what you're really good at, and know mm-hmm. again, it comes down to your audience. Because each time I venture out into a separate genre, say, I've got to look at towards it for a new audience who doesn't know Michelle Scott or AK Alexander, Mm -hmm. right? They're like, I don't know who who that writer is, Mm -hmm. but my cozy readers do. And my thriller readers do. So yeah, yeah, it was even interesting. Like, I think some of them don't even realize like who the other one is. Right. Cause I, they're (laughs) so different. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My cozy sisters would be like, Whoa, (laughs) (laughs) there are a lot of dead bodies here. (laughs) A lot. Yeah. Yeah. So do you not cross promote who you don't try and pull people from uh, one to the other? Or you just kind of let them be separate? I I really do kind of let them be separate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because the cozies are they're light, right? Mm-hmm. And they're 
fun and they typically have some comedy in them and there's some romance and there's romance in the thrillers too, but um, they're, they're not terribly serious. They're kind of campy. Right. (laughs) And so, yeah. And so I know that demographic and then my thriller readers, I mean, this is like serial killer Patterson type stuff. I mean, they're a quick read there, but um, that they don't, they don't cross over terribly well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, that's smart I, to I recognize. I was, I, I was going to say, it's great that you know that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do it this, I, I write in both spaces because when you write a dark thriller, it's dark. And the research is dark and there's some really like, cause I do real life research on stuff and I talk with homicide detectives and things like that. And, 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 and then you've got to take a break from it. And even though I'm still going down a lane of murder in a cozy mystery, it's much lighter, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to go into the gratuitous violence. I don't have to deal with any of that and, and solving it's a little bit different. And there's a lot of, of fun with your amateur sleuth and maybe mm-hmm. your police force that she's dealing with or whatever. Right, so, right, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, what about the opposite? Have you ever ever had anything you thought this is it? This is going to be the home run, and then it just didn't pan out. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, uh, there's there's two books. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I wrote was actually the second book I ever wrote, and then I it it, it didn't get picked up. Mm-hmm. I actually self published it many years later, mm-hmm. um, and it's a family saga, and it's mm-hmm. called The Cartel, and it's about the Mexican cartel. It's a huge book. It's over 500 pages. Wow. It's one of my best reviewed books. People mm-hmm. who read it love it, mm-hmm. but it just never is sold so yeah. really well. And yeah. same with another book I did called The Dead Celeb. And I plan to do a whole series around it. The reviews I get, people love it. Like, when's the next one coming out? Because I really mm-hmm. left a big cliffhanger, which yeah. actually going back to mistakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might be one. <laughs> I left a really big cliffhanger and now I don't want to write the next book because the book doesn't sell. And I'm like, okay, I'll write what sells because I don't want to sound like, but yeah, you know, like, look, it's, that's, that's, that's the reward is a little better. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the dead celeb was actually writing. That book was my favorite book to write. Like I Mm -hmm. laughed out loud at, at certain, in certain areas, just, just, I don't know. It just got me. And so I'm, I'm doing something. I'm finding myself in that position now with what I'm writing right now, like, like kind of like laughing at certain di- pieces of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm maybe I'm, I'm clicking again on a really good train here. Yeah. That's so, yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's well, uh, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the, the target with their prairie dresses, I'm kind of feeling like we're not going to have another season of prairie dresses because those just really weren't, they were, they did not hit the mark. If they did, we would, we would see prairie dresses for the next five years. So it's the same thing with books. I mean, you know, if, if something just doesn't hit the mark, we don't, I mean, we're only one person. We don't have time to invest in something that's not going to turn a profit or at least. It has to turn a profit. Yeah. 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 If you're, Because I think most of us write, we love, we write because we love it, Mm -hmm. but then we also like it bringing in income and supporting our family to some extent, you know, so it's like a balance. Yeah, Yeah. there are bills to pay. I've got, you know, kids in college and things like that. So, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day, I'm looking at 
when I look, when again, this comes down to a business sensibility is when I look at numbers and I do often now I'm like, Hey, my, the, my thriller series does better than, you know, this series over here, or this cozy mystery series is doing better than this. Mm-hmm. So it also when going uh, talking about marketing, when I'm looking at that and I'm seeing those sales going, mm-hmm. I'm not going to put a whole lot of effort because I have a huge backlist. Mm-hmm. My efforts going to go where the sales are at that time in the marketing mm-hmm. department. Right. Yeah. I'd yep. love to be able to spread it out, but mm-hmm. I can't spread myself that thin. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah. You got to think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's, yeah. The, what's the biggest mindset change you've had to make in your career? The biggest mindset change probably is this idea of overnight success, right? Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it is really about doing the hard work, but it's not just that it's enjoying the process because mm-hmm. it is a process. It is a journey. And if you're not enjoying it, then don't do it. Because there's, like I said, there's no guarantee. So the biggest switch for me is just understanding that, hey, you love this. It's fun. You're enjoying it. I, I maintained a day job. So that mm-hmm. was that yeah. was good, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then um, just having that understanding, like, look, you just got to dig in and stick this out and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I look, well, there have been times where I took a step back and I'm like, I don't know that I can keep doing this. And mm-hmm. I had encouragement from mm-hmm. my dad, from my kids, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. That's yeah. great. And having that is a, it, having a support system is. Oh yeah. You're, yeah. Because yeah. this is a, a very solitary business, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're still dealing with people, but you, this, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Kind of like writer. at arm's length. They're they're there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's not like going into an office every day. Yeah. No, no. I think we like it that way, though, right? Yes. <laughs> I know. I do. I do. Yeah. Personally. yeah. Jamie, yeah. I think would like a little more. Well, interaction I would like people. a little more interaction, but I don't want to go into an office. So you know, <laughs> I could interact somewhere else. That would be great. <laughs> right. So, um, so talk to us a little bit about you started traditional, but then you went self-published. Can you talk to us about that journey and, and what, sure. what helped you make that decision? It was a very easy decision to make. Because, <laughs> um, so it was in 2008, 2000, no, 2010, somewhere in there mm-hmm. where I, you know, I mean, like I said, I'm a pretty open book. So I'm writing these cozy mysteries for Penguin. I'm getting five to seven thousand dollar advances. The royalty rates are a very, you know, seven percent. Like just mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Probably not a good time for me to ask for a larger advance with right when they're right. when they're looking at you know. And I'd already written nine books for them, and then they they drop those series, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. So at the time, I I wrote something that was uh, I wrote a. Um, like a feel good women's fiction book for myself. And I did self publish that. And also, so it was around that time where um, I went back into work for my family's business. Um, but you were, I was started following Conrath's blog and I started yes. following some guys that started with uh, KDP with Kendall direct publishing mm-hmm. and, and seeing what was going on there. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to put books up. And I'm a, I'm just going to see what happens here. So mm-hmm. I took all this backlist, right? All these books that, um, all these books that 
agents didn't want me to really put out because they weren't cozies, mm-hmm. right? I, mm-hmm. I had a I had an agent who really wanted me to stay in that cozy mystery genre, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to venture out. And so I thought, okay, I'm just going to see what happens. And I did. And, and it, it, nothing was really happening for like mm-hmm. a year. I would check numbers and I would see what was going on. And this is when I came up with the pin name, AK Alexander. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, you know, I did that. And I wasn't putting up any mysteries at this point because I didn't own the rights back on those cozies. Right. But I right. had, right. But I had, um, like it, I think at least eight books that were backlist stuff that had never been published. So I put, I put the AK Alexander name to them. And then it was about a, it was about a year later and uh, there's still no real rhyme or reason to this. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's the universe, God, however you want to look at it. I just kept putting it out there and I checked my numbers one morning um, and the sales in the UK on this thriller I'd written daddy's home mm-hmm. was at the, you know, you can watch those numbers in real time. Yeah. And yeah. they were in real time clicking, clicking, clicking. And I'm seeing hundreds, thousands, like wow. the end of the week, 10,000 books sold in the UK of this book. And it's gone, it's climbing. Right. Yeah. And it goes to number one that summer. Wow. On, and, and this was indie published. I had another book that went to number two. And it's, they stayed there for a few weeks. I made some, mm-hmm. I mean, and I was, I mean, I was making good money. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, and talk about another mistake. Here's another mistake that I discovered. <laughs> I didn't have those books professionally edited at that time. Uh, I, yeah. I didn't really think anything was going to happen. Right. Well, people notice. So, oh yeah. Took yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> always <laughs> notice, right? <laughs> So I take the time and I had it professionally edited. It all worked out because then, so that was 2011 that summer, 2012 here in the U S daddy's home went to number four on Amazon. Wow. I could not break the hunger games trilogy for the life of me. Yes, I tried, but it didn't happen, but that's okay. So then Amazon shortly thereafter started their own publishing divisions mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so they came in and they asked they bought rights to those two thrillers and then they gave me an advance for another thriller mm-hmm. or no for two let's see they bought yeah they bought three books from me and then their young adult division which was called skyscape at the time i had done some young adult mystery stuff that we submitted through my agent and they picked those up too mm. so so that's how I got on that that trajectory, right? So I was right. really solid in in Amazon, and then um, a, f- a funny thing happened. They sort of changed. All of a sudden, there was a group of us who were riding really really high on on algorithms and mm-hmm. and, and so forth. And then it was like an overnight type of thing. Algorithms changed, mm. and you saw you were. I mean, there was a group of us who went, "Whoa, what just happened?" Right? Yeah, yeah. So um, you had to really learn. And so I, I now I'm not publishing with, and, and not that I wouldn't necessarily go back. Maybe if it was mm-hmm. the right thing, maybe if it was the right contract, I'm not close to, to a random house or a penguin either, mm-hmm. but I like the, I like going indie at this point. I mm-hmm. like being in control and managing all of those pieces. Right. And yeah. So I, and I'm, I, 
I know how to discipline myself to get it done. Mm -hmm. And I, and I like that. And it's just, and then, but again, I'm not saying like, I I wouldn't say no, if one, if somebody (laughs) came in and said, look, we're going to give you X, Y, and Z, will you do this? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody that says I would never do that is, that that's foolish because come on, <laughs> we'd all do it yeah. if they gave us the right numbers. I think it's right. interesting though know, that you brought that up that you were making like seven percent royalty because I think a lot of people before they publish they think oh it'll be more than that and yeah. it's simply yeah. not. I mean I've never traditionally published so I never feel like I can speak to it very authoritatively, but I know enough people that have to know that yeah. anything above 20 is pretty awesome, uh, you know? And so yeah. and it's really down yeah. a, around seven or 8% is what I've heard. So, yeah. Well, yeah, it is. And it, so it's, it, that is rare. And I think that's, those are going to be your, I mean, it's a business again, publishing is a, it's sure. a business, right? So, so your mid list authors, which is what, essentially what I was and, 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 and is that we're really in essence, supporting the big guns in a lot of ways for, for them. Right. So, mm-hmm. and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just their, their business model. And, right. but you know, being able then Amazon was so appealing. Indie publishing was so appealing because you have the option for a 70% royalty rate. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that made that, and that's still to me more appealing. And the thing yeah. is, is having a readership now and ha- the nice thing is, you know, you guys know. So when we finish a book, Mm-hmm. And we go through the editing process, which might take a few weeks to a couple of months, whatever that is for us. We can put a book up pretty quickly, right? Depending yeah, on yeah. how we manage our time. If we're going a traditional route, we have to then, it, it could be 18 months to two years before a book hits, right? Because there's oh, a yeah. process because they're dealing with a whole stable of authors mm-hmm. and they're working through, through that. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So it's um, really, it's, it's it's really what, what works for each writer. Correct. Yeah, there's no writer. Correct. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the fact that, that we can now indie publish without it being looked down upon. Mm-hmm. Right. For years you couldn't do it. It was vanity publishing. It was this mm-hmm. and that, right. You couldn't do it. Yeah. And now it's, now it's, it's not at all. It's just a different know? choice you can make, which is mm-hmm. great. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Right, we have choices that we didn't have as writers, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm curious how you juggle writing in mo- multiple genres. So do you switch back and forth? Do you have a schedule that you rotate through? How do you do that? Well, I just kind of, like I said, I'm really focused on cozies and thrillers now. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of go back and forth. Um, I've got to take time off after writing a thriller and go to something lighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, how I and and yeah, I do try to write out a calendar, but right now I'm working on this cozy series, and I think what I want to do because I've outlined six books in it, I think I want to write the first three, but mm-hmm. I see my numbers doing really well on my thriller series, so I'm like, I know I've got it, got it. That's my dog. Sorry, guys. I know, I know I've got to, uh, I, I've got those, th- but I know that I've got to pay attention to the, that, that thriller readership mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So I've already started, even though I've, I'm working on the cozies, I'm outlining the thriller at the moment. Uh, okay. So, so I will, once that outline's finished, what I will try to do or what my goal is, and this, this has been the most effective for me, I write quickly. So 
let's say if I, I'll set, a, I like to set a page goal mm-hmm. and my typical page goal would be like 10 pages a day. But if I'm going to do work on both, I'll do five on one and five on another. Mm-hmm. And then that'll, because you know, yeah, that'll, that'll get it, get it done. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I write more, um, mm-hmm. but it's a minute. Those are the minimums. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's great. So your, your cozy sis- series in series in particular are very well branded. Can you talk to us about that? And I mean, like, is that something you came in knowing you needed to do, or is it something you've learned over time and kind of what, what guides you in that? Well, I'm a, a little bit of, of experience just by being published from traditional house mm-hmm. and seeing the way they branded the original mysteries. Also, um, I, my family business were in the equestrian industry and mm-hmm. we manufacture sports medicine products for horses. Mm-hmm. So I come from a marketing background. My dad was a genius marketer. Mm-hmm. So I understand brand. And uh, mm-hmm. again, looking at your books as a business, not just, I mean, you want to be creative and enjoy the art artistry mm-hmm. aspect of it. But um, looking at this really like, okay, I, what I want is a reader to see that cover and go, that's, that's a Michelle Scott book. That's an AK Alexander book. Right. Mm -hmm, And so, mm -hmm. so the reader, you know, I mean, if you look at all of the, if you look at anybody who does a series, they do have a a, a real, that does a, a, a a, a sellable series. That's really Mm -hmm. people are reading. You recognize it. Sure. Sure. So I, I look at that. I look at, I look at what, what, what those authors are doing. I look mm-hmm. at your huge best-selling authors like, like Patterson, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll go and, and see, and I do this regularly. I'll, I'll go on and, and just look at Amazon who's selling, what's selling, do they have mm-hmm. a series? What is the, what are their covers look like? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and yeah, but I do think, yeah, I think it's important. Mm-hmm. You know, your brand, your, your brand as an author is your signature. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. covers are yeah. such a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So um, and, and we have, we're at a time where, where people are, they want instant gratification. So they're, if they, if you've written one, then wins, where's the next one. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so, yes. Yeah. 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 So do you have in mind like specific, like a color palette or um, when you're like for your cozies or for your thrillers, I, you know, each genre has like, it's, um, kind of signature look, but do you have anything beyond that when you're creating a series and working with your cover designer? Do you have any, like, what, 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 she, how do you work with them? I, I will kind of give a basic idea like, okay. Um, knowing that. So when we, when I went back in and redid the wine mystery covers, mm-hmm. I knew that, you know, it had to have that cozy feel. Mm-hmm. There had to be something with a vineyard in the background. There had to be something, you know, that distinguished it, that this is a wine mystery. And then I did the same thing with the horse mysteries. And so they're mm-hmm. very similar. And now I'm doing the same thing with this series right now where she's a caterer and she's in the Bay area. And so there's a background where it's, you know, you see the golden gate, there's like little pictures of it. And so I, I give Sarah, who's the cover artist, I give her a, kind of a little bit of a direction and then I trust because she's the artist and she works with a lot of authors that she's going to take this and know what to do. Yeah. And she doesn't always hit it on the first, the first 
try. Right. But she's pretty close. And then we work together and I say, mm-hmm. Hey, can you maybe do this? Can we do that? And then, you know, she's, she's really good at it. So right. yeah. 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 I, I let the people who are good at what they do, <laughs> do their job. Yeah. Right. The professionals do their job. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 I try and let them lead. I'm like, here's my concept. And then I'm open to, you know, because I feel like that's not my strong point. And so. But you know, when you see it, right, Sarah, you know, you know, know, that's it. Yeah. But it wouldn't be anything that I came up with. Normally Mm -hmm. it's the ones like, Oh, choice seven. I love that. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Or or in my case, 47. Yes. Bless (laughs) my cover designer's heart. But I'll, if I have like a real strong concept, I'll do it. But my cover designer will say, I did this, but I also did this just in case kind of thing. And her is always so much better than mine. And uh, I should just yeah. let her have a complete just control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you ever test your covers with your readers? Do you ever like do anything on social media that way? Uh, I haven't. Uh, yeah. I haven't, uh, but I do know people who have. I just. It's effective. I know. And I really should, because I think with my homecoming King, while I love that cover, I do think actually there might've been another photo that would have worked. Not better. My only concern with it, it was a little more steamy than my books generally are. My books are, have they're steamy. I mean, they're sexy, but it was a little more steamy than my books really are. The photo was. And so I didn't use it, but I have thought more than once I probably should have tested that one just to see. Yeah. Well, it can't hurt to even switch it out if you wanted well, that's to. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, I, that's a great thing about doing indies too. Yes, is like if yes. something isn't really like you can make those changes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I have thought about that. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us what you think the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success is. Uh, probably again, treating it like a business, really mm-hmm. scheduling it. And, and like, you know, people say, Oh, I get asked a lot. Do you write when you just feel like writing or <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I don't always feel like writing. I do much better if I write earlier in the day. However, I didn't have the opportunity to write earlier in the day yesterday. So I was writing till 1130 last night. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, I have a 7am call. I've got this. I got, I'm, mm-hmm. I had to go to bed, but I really like, you have to be committed. Yeah. That that's key. You have to be be committed mm-hmm. with the understanding that there's no guarantee. So you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 You have to be that's okay exactly with that. True. That's exactly true. That's yeah. so great. Great advice. Great yeah. advice. Yeah. I call it my I have a let me see if I remember. I have five Ps. This was from my original keynote. It was it was it was having the passion for it. Mm-hmm. Right? You gotta you gotta have passion for it. And understanding this is this is your purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So you know this is my purpose is to be a writer, whether that's a writer who makes a gazillion dollars or her writer who is writing to write for herself or for her family or whatever. Right. Uh, having the the um, persistence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You gotta sit your, I, the best advice I think I ever got as a writer was from Bryce Courtney, who was Australia's leading best-selling author of all time. He wrote The Power mm-hmm. of One. He was. Big, it, he was a huge mentor of mine. I, I went to a, a conference with him in Maui and he had, there were 10 of us in the group. And, and he said, he's, he said, bum glue. 
you stick your bum to the chair and you, you, you just start writing. So yeah. So, so the persistent and then patience, because this is a game of patience, whether you're indie publishing or traditional publishing, you're, you're traditionally publishing, you got to have a patience to go through the process and be accepted and all that. And if you're indie, it's patience on your sales and, you know, don't let the critics get you down kind of thing. And then, and then, and then the fifth thing is peace and that's peace of mind because you're releasing a piece that, that you've, that, that that's a part of you in, in a way, right? Like even a fun, cozy mystery or a romance or whatever you, you put yourself out there. There's a vulnerability there. So it's, it's having the peace of mind that you did the, you just released the best work you could release at that moment. Right. right. And let it go. Right. Right. And that your next piece is probably going to be better because this is an ever, this is an ongoing process as right. a writer. You're right. always improving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. That's great to end on. And the five P's will, uh, I I just think that's fantastic advice. We could have done the whole episode on just that. That, I would yeah, I love to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Especially with peace of mind. I think that's something that like we, we would all love, but it's easy to lose sight as we're Mm -hmm. doing all the things. And then to remember like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. And Mm -hmm. as long as I'm meeting these things, and not everybody's going to love what we put out. And that's okay because it is a piece of art and art doesn't resonate with everyone. Not every piece of art resonates with every person in the world. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And it's understanding that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not taking anything personally. I mean, I've read some, some critique, some reviews that are just like, Oh, you know, like somebody said I was dumber than a fifth grader. Once I was like, Oh wow, that one hurt, you know. Yeah, but exactly. um, it's okay. It's yes, I, yeah. like you said, it's not going to resonate with everybody. But I, I've found my readership and my mm-hmm. audience, and that's the key, and that's yeah. who I write for. Yes, yeah. exactly. Very good. Very yeah. good. Uh, well, this has been fantastic, and we've just enjoyed talking to you so much. So tell everyone where they can find out more about you and your books. Thank you. Well, so I have two, two sites. You can go to michellescott.com, which is mm-hmm. Michelle with one L. Mm-hmm. And the other one is ak-alexander.com. Uh, okay, awesome. And then all my social media information is on there too, on both sites. So, but that's, that's where you'll find all the books and, and stuff. We're constantly updating. I just, I just redid the website. So we're kind of a, a, a we're in a little bit of a flex and a work in progress. <laughs> So, but we'll get it. That's great. They'll find me there. They're live. Great. That sounds great. That's awesome. Thanks for listening today. And we'll have all the links in the show notes and you can find those at wishidknownthenpodcast.com. And thanks to Alexa (laughs) for editing and producing the show. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.